Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, a podcast where a toxic comedian talks to a relationship therapist about everything, about relationships, about the way men and women relate to each other in the modern world, and about the ever-changing landscape of dating and cultural norms. I'm the comedian. Uh, This podcast is sponsored by Crush Organic CBD Oil. That's Crush with a K. Crush Organics, go to crushorganics.com, use the code NEIL for 40% off. They've got a great range of CBD oil products. If you're stressed out during the holiday period, well, take a few drops of that CBD oil. That will alleviate any of the uh, pain and stress that, you're, that you feel dealing with uh, in-laws, which is actually what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. So go to crushorganics.com. If you haven't used it before, just start off with two to three drops i have a show in sydney on the 30th of december and then every preceding thursday in sydney and uh in melbourne on february 6th i believe the first sunday of february eliza how are you going pretty good thank you how have you been yeah can't complain good um same, same old, old same old <laughs> just the Standard. usual i actually just have a really good speaking of self-care strategy that i've been doing lately where i was really into like journaling and that stuff and meditating but now what i do is i find that i'm a very like sensory person like i learn better i'm a kinesthetic learner um mm-hmm. so i've been every time i'm stressed or overwhelmed or even just you know day to day generally when I have a shower I turn all the lights off I get um speakers and I put on like frequency music or if you like look Mm. up sound bath as well that's really good and then I just have one little lamp and like lukewarm water and it's so nice it's just the sound of the water and then this spiritual frequency sound in the background and just a little lamp it's really nice so i highly recommend people to do that if you're looking for an easy strategy and meditation doesn't work for you i find that it's really easy to like stay present and be mindful Mm. during that so i love those frequencies those uh whatever they are 432 hertz and this this frequency that frequency pineal pineal gland whatever it is yeah even if it's a placebo it works well, I love them. I was speaking to my dad about this the other day because my dad's a musician, but he's also um, really, really big on meditation and he's written like 30 books on meditation. And he said there's a lot of science actually that talks to the frequency. And he's like, it's not a theory. It's it's legitimate science um, if it's used correctly Good. and you're on the right kind of frequency. So I wow. listen to it all constantly halfway through um recovering through my back injury and i swear to god the difference in the speed of my recovery from before and after was actually to me drastic so whether or not that was just me believing it was working or if it was actually working it had a huge impact on me so you can find frequencies for like pain and healing or frequencies for calming or um positive emotions so it's really um Mm. nice and it just sounds like it's basically just singing bowls sounds um, yeah, which yeah, there's uh, frequencies for for um, focus and memory. Yeah, it's I'll great. Often have those going on in in one ear while I, while I'm reading. Wow. Uh, yeah, and that's a good idea, actually. Something about the sound of running water. Yeah, it just taps into something deep inside of us. Yeah, where we know we're safe. We know we know we uh, have 
you know, sustenance nearby. Yeah. And I've got a little cat fountain that <laughs> uh, doubles as a nice little water feature in my apartment. And it's very calming. and soothing. So true. So true. Actually, it's a good point you do that. You said that because I, I have a bath like every day after work, like clockwork. As soon as I come home, I have my bath. I set it all up with candles and incense and whatever. But I found moving to the shower and doing my little shower ritual now is way more spiritual for me so maybe it is it's just that added acoustic of the the shower anyway there you go do try well yeah um i think people just forget in this uh world of hustle culture and Mm. making it people actually just this is the most cringy cliche thing you can possibly say but people just forget to have fun yeah. And I think if you give yourself five to ten minutes a day where you ju- even as an adult, you just have fun, whatever that is, you sing along to some to some country music, mm. who would do that? <laughs> or you, I don't know, you dance, whatever it is. If you just get those endorphins going, you, you feel good, feel like a child again for just a little bit. That's a great way to mollify against stress. And I think so. Um, and I think having really... Uh, Doing things that give you really positive emotion can also bring you to the present, I think. Like, I know the last few months for me with work has been really, really crazy. Like, 14-hour days, lots of crises, mm. um, lots of emergencies with children. And, you know, in the last in this la- in the last 12 months, I've had three client-related deaths. Um, so, it's been a really, really rough year. And I actually was just thinking that this morning how... I the last few weeks I've been very much like I'm so exhausted and burnt out you know working with clients all day and families like I really needed a holiday or I just felt like I needed to sleep constantly and then Adrian this morning was like let's um let's actually like get up and do something and I was like no I really need rest I'm just exhausted I've worked all weekend blah 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 anyway we got up at like six and we went to the beach and went for like a morning swim and then we went on a little road trip and like had such a good day and then it kind of was only when I was out you know sitting I was at a beach and then at farms my two like really favorite things to do and I was realizing how clouded I had been the last few few weeks or even a couple of months just from burnout and how it really takes you away from the present and I wasn't being healthy I wasn't being conscious I was just doing things kind of like on on survival mode where you kind of go into that motion of repeating Mm. the same things day to day because you're like well this is what's getting me through sleep you know work 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 and then do have a little bath and walk the dog but it wasn't enough so it's really um an important reminder I think even just for me because I always have considered myself a very mindful and conscious person and I really like you when you lose mindfulness you don't realize that you lose it until you get it back I think and then you're like shit Mm. (laughs) I'm so unaware of what was happening the last week or month or year so yeah you you get to a point where if things are going well in your life you don't feel the need to meditate or do those little self-care activities and then it hits you when you do go through a stressful period. Oh, I should have just been doing that and that would have helped me through this. So even when things are good, it's always nice to just have habitual exercises Mm. just for you, just some time (laughs) for you. Yes, so true. Exercise is good. Just the classics, fruit and vegetables, 
all the basics really exactly. it's nothing that you, you know your mum didn't tell you when you're a kid yeah she was 100 percent right eat your fruit and veggies get good sleep yeah go outside just she was right <laughs> there's so no true. secret <laughs> so it's like it's honestly the key to everything i listened to this um video i posted on my story probably a week or two ago and it was about hormonal health and a lot of it was tied into fertility and so after i listened to that it was a really amazing uh lecture that was done i can't remember like i think it's by the physicians committee um if you look up that plus hormonal health it should come up and then afterwards i listened to i went on this uh, so mind-blowing by it that i went and listened to all these podcasts like 10 in a row about women and hormones and just people in general regardless of women and also fertility um Mm. And everything was saying, like in regards to fertility, it's much more difficult to get pregnant than we think if you're stressed or unhealthy. Um, and that it just in order to fall pregnant, you have to be eating really clean, healthy and, and doing everything you can just to be enjoying life and feeling good or you don't fall pregnant. And that when, you know how we say, oh, you ovulate, in the middle of your cycle, so day 14, 15, or 16, which is you can only get pregnant when the egg is released, so when you've ovulated. But if you're mm. stressed, you might ovulate on day 20 of your cycle. You might ovulate on day 10 of your cycle. So it throws everything out. Really interesting things and in how, you know, Damn. your hormone impacts. Everything. And the same for men, like sperm health is drastically yeah. impacted by your health, activity, um, and, and, and your moods. But then I think about like the women I work with and, you know, my clients and a lot of them are in their forties and, you know, they're pregnant with their ninth child. And I'm like, how? Ninth? Yeah, literally. So many Jesus of them. Christ. And I'm like, how do you keep falling pregnant? I just, how? Tell me. It's so interesting when you listen to all these things. And I know so many women at the moment or friends of mine trying to fall pregnant and trying for like a year. Um, because you work with a lot of ethnics, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say, I would say though, the women that that I end up working with are actually more likely to be just white Australian um, older ones. But I think it's because sometimes nine. Were you exaggerating? No, literally. I have. I work with three women. I work with kids. Are they Catholic? No, 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 no. They're you know heroin users or um homeless and things like that and i just thought surely you would be experiencing more stress than the everyday person but who knows wait are you talking about the wait okay so someone you work with has nine kids no 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 a client a client so i work with her child um or her children oh yeah isn't that bizarre that if there's a correlation between stress and uh lack of fertility yet People who we would seemingly think live in yeah. very stressful environments, lower socioeconomic, yeah. kind of welfare dependent. They're the ones having, well, the stereotype at least yeah. is that they're the ones having many children, often to different fathers. Yes, yeah, definitely. So, And they're at a much, you know, they've got so much more disadvantage than I would. But I also sometimes think, well, they don't work often um and and who knows how much stress our work is really actually putting on us that we're not actually aware of i think is a really (laughs) yeah 
important thing. So Dep- it well, depends what you do for work. For yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. The average person. Yeah. Like, I uh, some of the stories you hear of the amount of children that people are still having because it's such a class divide. Yeah. People yeah. in the uh, yes professional class. Even in the working class now, I don't know anyone who has nine kids. Yeah. That's insane. Anything above three now is eyebrow raising. Yeah. Even though not that long ago, that would have been pretty, that would have been the norm. Mm. And then anything above five would have been eyebrow raising. But now, um, even three would be considered a lot in middle class yeah. Australia. Yeah. Whereas a lot of us would have grown up with two siblings. So. Things have changed. Things have changed so quickly in a matter of twenty years. Yeah. But then you have the New South Wales Premier who has his seventh on the way. Uh, mm. uh, their cat. So it's either the, the the very wealthy Catholics or, uh, you know, welfare bogans. Literally. Who are having yeah. like many many children. So true. One of my ex-boyfriends yeah. was one of God knows how many, and all his cut. He had like a thousand cousins, um, and it was because they were really, really devout Catholics. So that was that. But I think what's really interesting working with children in out of home care or foster care is that they all, all have huge sibling groups, um, and after they are taken into the system the parents continue to conceive and and birth over and over and over again. Child comes out, taken away into the system. Another one, child comes out, taken away into the system. So we overlook, you know, a hundred children in foster care and many of them are just sibling groups. Well, all of them are sibling groups, really. It's never just one. Spreading their own clans. (laughs) Yeah, but it's really sad because it's just so, so sad. Yeah, uh, you get to a point now where you, uh, because then there's all these people like yourself who, who then, yeah, are employed to to sort of deal with the issues that come about from these people having just too many kids. Mm. I'm not saying there should be some kind of eugenics, but I, yeah. something's got to. That doesn't sound. That just this just that just seems so illogical. The whole situation. I know, but I, I don't know. know what you would do with that that's uh it's hectic because you can't, can't regulate say, children yeah if yeah. you're if you don't have a if you don't have a job you can't have kids yeah uh because yeah it's worrying isn't it for a lot of countries especially western countries the well-off people are having fewer children mm-hmm. and 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 this is not I'm not trying to be an elitist or anything like that here but but people in objective disadvantage disadvantaged circumstances are often birthing more mm-hmm. <laughs> more babies yeah. and that's not good for the babies or the children yeah not because i'm trying to be a leaderist here but just they're obviously in disadvantaged situations yeah it's not good and unfortunately for many of these children we don't know who who their um their fathers are and we've never been able to find them so these children grow up knowing, okay, they're one of, you know, one of 10, one of 12, one of eight children, um, trying to compete or, you know, get some kind of attention from their, their mother and they don't know who their fathers are and they've all got different fathers. So they all have other siblings they don't know of. It's really sad, um, and complex. So I often just think like how the, the fact that these people can fall pregnant continuously actually genuinely astounds me because they always say, 
you yeah. I'll never know but they always say I don't I don't try for kids I don't want kids I, I've you know I've had this many removed from me why would I want another child um but I'm like how do you fall pregnant like <laughs> that often and at this age in your 40s very frequently and, as well and so then if they don't know who the father is then there's no child support that can no, come from him no so they don't even have a clue like they can't are they just having that many partners that they just don't know? Yeah, or they don't want to tell us. So okay. um, nothing goes yeah. on the birth certificate. Often we do like um, genetics testing to see if anything comes out. If we have, if there's a you know cultural background, it can help narrow things down. But we have sure like there's been times where I I actually drove. Um, I flew to Dubbo and then drove seven hours northwest on a hunch that I might be able to find a relative of a kid I work with. I stayed three days in the outback um, <laughs> trying to find someone from an Aboriginal community um, to see if he was related to this child, which he was. So that was that was worth it in the end. That was That's a cool. crazy nice. outcome that usually doesn't ever happen. But yeah, we never, um, it's really hard. I know one, we had a kid once and the woman, the, the mother said he was a man. Um, I stayed, I slept with in a hostel um, seven years ago in the month of April. So then we spent months and months and months calling all the hostels in Sydney saying, do you have records that date this far back? Can you give us these records? We can um, do like, not like subpoena them, but the equivalent where we can actually request those records um, to just try find them. Then you're cold calling people saying, hey, did you sleep with this woman seven years ago in this hostel? Just to try find them. It's hectic. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, there's so much research to how a child needs that sense of identity. Um, and that's why we see, you know, children that grow up right. in, in foster care systems that don't know who their parents are. Often when they hit puberty, it's, they, they become unmanageable to a lot because it's that sense of identity is so essential it's it's insane yeah wow uh anyway, there's a little sad story why to don't pull start, out but... why don't they pull out yeah i know okay. just do anal anyway. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but be gay abstinence or anal one of those can i what can i ask one more question is it generally yeah. like is, is it there I, i'm guessing there's like a higher percentage of aboriginal and say Torres Strait? 40%, uh, um, yeah, um, yeah okay. which is massive considering obviously there's a lot more white people than there are Aboriginal people. So the fact that 40% of children in care, at least in um, mm. the organisations I've worked across in Sydney, are um, are in, in care. And Aboriginal foster carers are so, so desperately needed um and there's such limited amounts unfortunately so there's a lot of rules you can't just have an aboriginal child and and put them in with white foster care parents it's you have to try do anything you can to find someone from the same mob then if you can't find oh sorry family first aboriginal family if that's not um doable then paternal family if that's not doable then you've got to do the mob then you've got to do the local community or aboriginal elders um, to see if any of them will care for them if that's not workable, then any aboriginal person and then absolute last resort is white foster carers which unfortunately it usually ends up having to be um, because we don't have enough aboriginal carers and a lot of aboriginal carers put their hands up thank god but they all have children they've all got three four kids already so it's hard and sad yeah 
Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, we're sort of talking about family <laughs> for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. But that's a good, actually, that will give people perspective. So yeah, if people are true. dealing with stressful family members during true. the holiday period, yeah. there's some perspective for you. Mm. Um, at least you have family. So yeah. Ooh, that was dark. All right. Well, <laughs> um, so this one will be going out think two or three days after christmas it's a stressful time mm-hmm. well it's supposed to be a time of family and joy and giving it's often a very stressful time too because you got to maniacally go and buy presents for everyone and yeah. work out your plans and traveling now is even harder than before so uh it's also a lot of stress involved mm-hmm. and financial stress for people who maybe have been affected by the pandemic mm. So how do you, how do you, what are some strategies if you've got some stressful family members, especially uh, we're not like America, but I've heard in America, there are family members that have just disowned each other based on political differences. Now they are so divided as a country and we're moving down that path. So uh, there are people who would just find it very hard to converse with their, their own blood because they have different political ideas to them. Mm-hmm. And how do you try and avoid that? How do you try and talk to people in a family setting when they're saying ideas that just don't even match up with your version of reality? Yeah, it's really hard because you kind of have to balance between do I sacrifice my own opinions and morals to for the sake of you know peace amongst the family for the event of Christmas? Like I know mm-hmm. that... Um, when I had once spent a Christmas with a previous um, partner's family and they were against um, gay marriage and it was, anyway, they started talking about it. Oh, they weren't against gay marriage, or they were, but they were also against gay relationships. Um, and I could not keep my mouth shut. I could, I honestly, I was battling for like 20 minutes, just fuming and then I ended up in an, uh, a little debate with his mum that ended up going for a very long time um, so I think first of all it depends on whose family it is <laughs> is it your own no family ever, or is it your yeah. in-laws because <laughs> that's true that's different um, no one ever changes their mind as well exactly, in those sorts of situations so exactly. it's better to just say hey that this, that's your opinion this is my opinion this yeah. is why I think this way but yeah. I respect your, you know, even if you may not respect their opinion, it's better to say that because if people feel like yeah. they um, aren't being, bu- there's always this, oh, stop with the bullying, stop with the bullying when everyone thinks they're being bullied for their opinion or for their lifestyle. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's it's weird when one side says, oh, we want free speech, then stop bullying us. Well, what mm. do you, bullying is free speech, mm. all right? Shut up. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like like Margaret Court says that she's always talking about free speech, and then says, um, "Oh, I'm just quoting the Bible. Stop with the bullying." And she said, "Like tennis is full of lesbians. I don't think Jesus said tennis is full. Of, I don't think. Show me in the Bible where it says so <laughs> Matthew, <funny>. Matthew, Mark. <laughs> hey, tennis, the game that hasn't been invented yet, is full of lesbians." Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, the point is, see, so, so even that, that would turn a lot of Christians off because I'm kind of mocking it. But look, yeah. free speech is free speech. And I also do, resp- I, I like to get in, I can, not, arg- not argumentative, but I like to have discussions with people. So if I'm at a 
family gathering. Like my dad just doesn't believe in climate change at all. Uh, and he'll be, he's quite passionate about it. And sometimes it's just exhausting getting into a discussion because he's read, he's a very smart man. Mm, He's read a lot. Somehow he's gotten to this conclusion and I try to just learn from the sources he's consumed and and read, but it it is, it can actually just be mentally taxing when people aren't willing to listen to your questions or your arguments back in return. Mm. And I think the best way to ameliorate stressful political conversations is to just let the person talk. Their sense of identity is tied in with their politics, like we all have nowadays. Let them get it out there. And then say, all right, maybe ask some questions. But if you come with this back and forth of, Mm. no, you're wrong and this is why you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I've said on previous podcasts, the the psychological literature shows that when people have a strongly held belief and they're met with evidence or just rational arguments against that belief, they actually just hold on to their belief stronger. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to get anywhere by having an argument with anyone. And it's better to just say, I think, all right, thank you for saying, like, I appreciate you said that. This mm-hmm. is why I think this way. This is what my opinions are. So true. You have to really take into consideration. Are you really willing to die on that hill? Like I know every single year without a doubt, my family bring up this veganism thing. Um, that the fact that I'm vegan, even though I haven't eaten meat since I was 12, it still comes up every year. And when it's my brothers, it's always teasing and I don't care. That's fine. They can take the piss. That's, that's cool. But it's my bloody mother who every single time starts talking about how keto is like the greatest for your health and i just like have you ever done research other than listening to a youtuber talk about keto like it's so hard for me to shut my mouth but i honestly just realized after probably the seventh year of having the same argument at christmas um that it's not worth it and (laughs) you can be yeah mommy you can be keto enjoy your you know one piece of meat and cheese or whatever and i'll just eat everything else that's here that's vegan um but it is about yeah determining is this really the time for me to bring up issues or hash things out because often when you see extended family over christmas you haven't seen them for a really long time and if you have beef with them Mm. or you've had issues with them it's going to be the time where you want to address it or there's alcohol involved or or they bring up something like i always see on um well, especially when I worked as I used to coordinate a um, like an LGBTI group um, for young people to come meet every Monday and every single holiday they would come in after Easter, Easter or Christmas and seeing their family and they would all just be distraught because some of these kids were transgender and the family refused to use their new names or, or acknowledge that mm. or the wrong pronouns, refused to accept that they're gay, all these things. And it was like, all of them were like saying, half of them said, you know, I wanted to fight them um, and I did and I argued with them for hours. And the other half, didn't do anything and, and both of them felt equally as shit afterwards so <laughs> there wasn't really a win-win in that situation so i think a lot of that actually is going to come down to your own self-reflection um and, and preparing yourself emotionally to be able to say okay this person is going to have views that do not align with me and i will wholeheartedly stay strong to my own you know morals and values but i'm also not going to waste my energy 
explaining to someone why they're incorrect. Like I know that I practice um, trying to find humor in people that are attacking me about something and it bloody works. Like when I worked at Westfield um, over the Christmas period, it was crazy back when I was like 18 and in concierge and people would come complain about the stupidest things constantly they'd come and scream at me and it was all the middle-aged mums it was never young people and elderly sometimes were really rude yeah it was always the karens come and yell saying why do you westfield why do you put this two dollar 95 surcharge and i'll be like it's not me like why why does the escalate i get it's frustrating but they come scream and the first like few months of dealing with it i was so overwhelmed being like i've literally been screamed at five times today and then after a while i just like looked practice looking them in their eyes and just thinking oh my god like imagine how sad this is that this person is getting so worked up over a two dollar surcharge that they're literally spitting from their mouth like am i going to get upset at that no (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) just trying to like rationalize it in that way obviously there's more mature ways of doing it but that's always helped for me yeah well people find now on the internet you have any commentator you like that will express a view that makes you feel good and you'll find and look i'm not immune to that but mm. i think everyone does that i don't think how, however intelligent and rational you think you are we're all doing yeah. that and the best strategy i honestly think the best strategy you can have in, in this modern culture war scape that we live in is to just try and be a very nice person because then and then just write at the end, tag your views along with it, because yeah. then mm. that person is, it takes years for people to actually change their mind. Yeah. And they have to usually come to some realization where they see the flaws in their side. And mm. at least that's what happened with me and that's what I've observed. And if you're just nice and let people speak their mind, even if you disagree with it, and then you say, hey, this is my opinion. Yeah. Then they'll at least go away thinking, oh, okay, that person was a, lefty or a right winger and didn't abuse me so that's given me a different interpretation of what that uh, uh supposed group is actually like i, I really mm. think that's the best strategy now mm. uh, i just I, it's different if you're trying to get an online profile or if you're trying to say something online you're almost going to cause an argument in the comments no matter what you say but you yeah. almost have to play into that but in a family situation there's just no there's just no point so mm-hmm. I wouldn't bother with that. I agree with you. Um, and it goes for both sides. I mean, if you, you know, maybe if you are, have a super hippie vegan family and then you've got a Christian girlfriend or something, I don't know. She should probably not talk too much. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I could imagine it would be awkward there as well. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, so true. Yeah, but... I've got a pretty small family here in, in Sydney. It's just my, my, my parents, my sister. My mum has a sister who's single and, and then my mum's um, mother. So that's all. It's just six of us now. Yeah. So we don't really have a lot of that extended family stress. Yeah. And then the one year we were in India where there were cousins and things, it was, just, it was so stressful. I always yeah. wanted a big family when I was a kid and then I actually had that and i thought well no i'm very happy back. with this <laughs> yeah. small immediate family that yeah. we have uh, and it's it's very nice it's not too stressful at all it's it's quite amicable but i definitely 
know people will endure a lot of well would have endured a stressful christmas day so especially uh, when it's with your i think it's it, when you when it's your own family you understand what they're like you know what's going to happen you have that expectation yeah. already i think it's the hardest part is when it's your in-laws or your your part oh my god your partner's family because it's a very different space to navigate like i can't I can eye roll at my mum being talking about keto, but I would never eye roll at my boyfriend's mum if she talks about that being her diet. I wouldn't just be like, it's just so disrespectful. Um, but yeah. I also think that if it's really important to discuss prior to going in, um, you know, before you see your fa- your partner's family and say, what are the expectations? What do I need to know? Or how long are we staying? Those kind of things. So I know when one of my ex-boyfriends, he had a huge family and we would go over like Christmas or like we actually, they would want us over constantly. For every like little thing we would go over, basically ended up being like at least twice a month that we'd have some event to attend at their place. And they would say, come at 11, come at 10.30. And then they'd want us to stay until midnight and I would just be exhausted and I hated it. Like I'd be like, can't we just stay for like three hours and then go? It's just you eat lunch and then they sit at the table and drink and talk and talk and talk. Um, And what do they talk about if they're seeing each other that often? They're very extroverted, lively, like really fun people. I shouldn't, I feel bad right. for, for talking about it. They're no, really, really like lovely, I, outgoing people, but I'm just that too... That sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, I, and that, <laughs> that ended up being one of the reasons that we broke up because I was like, this is an incompatibility on on our part. Like you're, you're an amazing person, but I don't want to be that person that drags you down when you want to party out every time you have lunch, every two weeks. <laughs> with your family and you want to stay all night like i feel bad for being that person hearing that makes me stress (laughs) yeah and and then sometimes i would come late um we tried to like workshop it so i'd be like okay i will it starts at 11 i'm gonna come at five before dinner and then i can stay for like six hours and then his mom would text me being like why didn't you come at this at the start like that was kind of um, upsetting to me and I thought you would be here earlier or why did you not come this week like please make an effort just to reply to, kind of, to me and, or let me know geez, just a traditional all... <laughs> way of thinking it's a very yeah. you know that look family is important and I understand that and I understand mm. that uh, some cultures have this emphasis on the extended family but they, they especially the older women always take it personally if you yeah. say oh, I don't want to come or, I don't want your food because look, to be honest, they've probably lived in a very kind of sexist society yeah. where their only value is through cooking for the men. Yeah. And so then they have a cry when you don't want to eat their food. Look, I'm Indian. I know all about this crap. And <laughs> I'm so glad my mum and my dad actually rebelled against this because, oh yeah. my God, like the, the food thing is just the most frustrating yeah. endeavour. Yeah. When um, I understand when people when people have made something, I, it would be offensive if you don't even take a bite. So I try to take a bite and things. But Indian grandmothers will literally there'll be five dishes on the table. You'll take one dish and she, I, I, you don't like this other one. Why don't you like this one? I'm like, I don't have five hands. Okay, so- I don't know why you're getting mad at me, but. Um, <laughs> It became a running joke in our family, actually, that our grandmother would always do that. and Or like I'd order a certain dish and then she'd hey, you don't like this dish? And I'm like, well, I, I can't order every dish. <laughs> and I so, love that. Um, oh, that's so cute. I mean, I can see yeah. the, the, the annoyingness <laughs> no, when you and get over like, it after a bit. Oh, my God. And then, 
sometimes when you're in there, there was a time where I went on this kind of holiday where with a girlfriend at the time and uh, she had a big extended family that would always go to the same holiday destination. And, uh, you know, I'm an introverted kind of guy. I want my alone time and things. And so this was just, oh, every, just yeah. constantly the whole day. There's all these kids and all these yeah. people talking and chatting and having food. And that's just a cultural difference. Like yeah. I'm, in that yeah. sense, I'm very white. <laughs> I'm very like Western. I'm yeah. an individual. Yeah. I don't want to, I can deal with this for a little bit, but then leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. she was getting upset. She's like, why you look like you're in such a bad mood. And I was trying to say, no, I'm not. I'm having fun. It's just, I've, I don't know, resting bitch face. When <laughs> I was just exhausted. I just didn't want to converse yeah. and do this small talk with every, oh, you're a comedian, are you? What's that like? Oh, <laughs> kill me. Like, I don't want to, I've had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I so just, true, yeah. <laughs> you must get that um, a lot, actually. <laughs> was literally you? all I get at any, any gathering. That's and then so it's, funny. you know, it's a job. I don't go out to anyone else. Oh, you're a plumber. Oh, what's that like? Yeah. Does it pay well? well yeah. I saw the, have you, do you know this other plumber, this famous <laughs> plumber? I saw him live. He wasn't that good. I don't care. Okay, That's shut so up. funny. But I understand. Look, it's an interesting profession, so people want to, be inquisitive about it but man it's ex- it's so exhausting just the same questions yeah. over and over again yeah I feel um, that. and uh yeah i don't know i don't like big gatherings so especially when you're on holidays that's intense yeah it's not my kind of hol- that's have... not even a holiday it's, it's, it's no it's work, like work. <laughs> you have to like <laughs> yeah. put on a you can't just be yourself it's not like you're hanging out with friends where you can sit next to someone by the pool in silence like i would feel really awkward sitting next to my you know in-laws in silence not talking to them the whole time because we don't have that closeness yet we haven't known each other that long or even after boyfriends i've dated for three years it was still never like that where i could just sit there and be like i'm just gonna watch tv or something you always have to kind of present and make an effort i feel when it's your when it's your you know boyfriend or girlfriend's family but one of the things Mm. actually i think is really important to bring up is like well i've been watching um I love a mama's boy and right. I'm obsessed with this show because it makes me so, so angry um, because basically the premise of the show, which I'm sure is pretty obvious, but it follows couples in relationships that are either engaged or nearing engagement and their mm. mothers refuse to let their sons go. So they over-involve themselves. A lot of them live with the sons and then like they comment uh, on things. Like there was one mum, and yeah. she she was living in the house with the couple and she'd be like, I walk past the hallway down the n- at night and you guys are never having sex. This isn't healthy, blah, blah, blah. We need to go lingerie shopping. So he goes lingerie shopping with his mother. And then he was like, what do you think Kim, the girlfriend will like? And she's like, I think Kim will like this. And then he's like, okay, I'll get that. And then she's like, actually, I kind of like that too. So he buys his girlfriend and his mother matching lingerie sets. Like, it's just beyond me. And that is not even, that is like one out of 10 compared to these other moms. That it's all covert Jesus. incest type things. They're all, most of them are single mothers that are just obsessed with their sons. But anyway, what I find- Really? I would have thought they yeah. would have been like kind of from a culture you know no uh, no some of them sounds like indian mothers some of them did have um husbands and the ones that did yeah were like indian women 
um, that were like, no, 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 I do not accept her. She is Korean. <laughs> She's not good enough. I'll find someone better for you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Indians are the most racist people on the planet. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone's like, oh, it's white people. It is. I swear yeah. to God, it's Indians. So funny. Yeah, and so and that mother um, was so angry that he had a Korean girlfriend. So she finally pretended that she was going to accept his girlfriend. So she invited them to lunch. And then they get to the lunch and she has this beautiful woman from the same culture sitting next to them saying i've arranged this so you can meet like hopefully your future wife and he's sitting there with his girlfriend and the girlfriend's furious obviously and she gets up and leave and she's like this disrespect but he just doesn't have the balls to say what the fuck mom like this is so wrong yeah Yeah. because if you grow up in that situation where the mother really does nurture and care for you there's so much guilt tripping yeah and that's basically indian mother's parenting strategy and i'm very lucky i didn't actually have that but it's essentially it's never directly oh you can't go to this party or you can't do this like why would you that will make me upset if you do that That that's exactly what she says all the time yeah and it's just you get this like it's it is manipulative actually and then you eventually want to tell them to fuck off but you feel so guilty because this person did raise you to be fair yeah and i can definitely see that with my dad and his mother and um it, it, yeah, it's it's actually quite uh, narcissistic and manipulative. Yeah. It's, it's gross. It's uh, Everyone says, you know, you should be proud of your culture and everything. And look, there are parts of Indian culture I'm so proud of and love. Mm. That part, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> that part is just yeah. so... Oh, it just hectic. makes me shudder. Thinking about the, like, the hovering, intense Indian mother that's just all up in her son's affairs choosing yeah. the women for him to sleep yeah. with it's and just, no one's it's, good enough it was no, and one time she was just, so like gross. she called the girlfriend like a, a cow or something like that oh no she called her a pig and was like get her away from me she's disgusting and this girlfriend is like the sweetest like little korean woman is beautiful and so polite and nice and she's like get her out and then he's obviously pissed off the son so he goes up to leave with his girlfriend and she's like shakib if you leave I will die tonight. I will tonight. I will die. <laughs> like yeah, threatening that exactly. suicide. <laughs> That's like a comedy sketch, but it's true. Yeah. It's true. And Adrian, I just watch it like, what the f-? <laughs> And he, he can't watch it because oh, he gets man. too angry about it. I Sorry, I actually don't know if they're Indian or I think they might be Afghani, but you know, same uh, cultural you know. experience, I guess. <laughs> similar. Look, I don't want to say it's all the same, but <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. That kind of... Uh, guilt tripping mother so true so what i found interesting from all of these episodes is that obviously the mothers are very inappropriate overbearing and manipulative um cultural or not and every single time the girlfriend is trying to discuss or deal with the issue with the mother and I am totally against that. If I had a problem with my in-laws or they were offending me, I wouldn't fight that battle and let, you know, Adrian sit by and just watch it and be middle ground. I would expect that my partner communicates on my behalf saying, mom, don't say that. That's really offensive to Eliza or, or whatever. Like, I don't think that it's yeah, up okay. to this woman, the girl to fight with her mother when he needs to be the one saying, mom, you can't come barging into my room every single morning. 
um, asking us if we had sex last night. Like it's inappropriate, but he leaves. They all leave it to the girlfriend to do. Whoa! <laughs> so if you, I mean, that's a, a very that's obviously a very extreme example, but that, it doesn't surprise me either. Yeah, but well, it just even okay, less extreme. Ooh. Like one of um, the boyfriends had given his mother a key to their apartment, and they come home one day um, into the apartment, which I thought was already spotless. And she's like cleaning it. And she's so judgmental as she's tidying it. She gets out the vacuum. She lets herself in and the, they're not there. And she's like vacuuming. And she's like, I'm just like, cannot believe that she would leave this, uh, basket of clothes here. That's so slobby of her. I thought she was better than this. And she's throwing out her flowers and blah, blah, blah. And they come back and she's like, where's my flowers? Like, what, how did you get a key? How did you get in? Blah, blah, blah. And then, She's saying, you need to tell your mother, like, she can't just let herself in. You need to get the key back. And he wouldn't do it. So then she does it. And then the mother hates her even more. So it's... um. Yeah, they're pretty much narcissists. <laughs> yeah. They're actually psychopaths. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And you see it on um Reddit, like, always after Thanksgiving and Christmas. My favorite subreddit is Am I the Asshole? And every single time there's a holiday, mm. there's, like, a surge in in posts about their in-laws and every single time the answer is the partner should be the one to address the concern with their own like all the yeah their own parents so not the boyfriend or the girlfriend addressing a concern with the in-laws you need to talk about the issue with your own parents rather than getting someone to do it for you you need to side with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend unless they're clearly in the wrong when it's different but when they're in their right you can't you shouldn't just stay neutral and be like yeah, I mean, I suppose that's where the cultural issue can come yeah. into it, where for other cultures, they the, the that relationship of the boyfriend or girlfriend is not nearly as important as the yeah. relationship that parents may have or yeah. with their with their children, and then just the general bond of the family. And so, it's very hard yeah. as any ethnic person listening to this podcast will tell attest to. It's very difficult to sometimes even just talk to your parents in that sort of a way because they don't challenging them want to they then either get upset and offended or they just don't listen and say why mm. are you choosing this person over me mm. and so you, you either just have to pretty much avoid them yeah or and then face all that guilt that you're gonna have or deal with it somehow but some of these are just untenable situations because yeah. they just have lack any sort of emotional intelligence whatsoever yeah. to understand that maybe they are being maniacal. Yeah, it's and really so interesting, you, you... actually, that none of them ever, out of all the couples, not one parent ever or mother came to the point of saying, yeah, okay, I, I crossed too many lines here. <laughs> like, never. 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 Where, where, where does that come from? Do, do you think <laughs> when they were young, they were different and something happened through through their middle ages? Through years of being pissed off at their husband. I don't know. I think it's more of like an upbringing of the understanding that you must respect your parents and that comes above everything else. So regardless of what they've done, the parent makes the choice or the parent makes the decision and you need to abide by that. Um, And it's so emasculating. (laughs) Yeah. It's so emasculating. These are grown men. I'm assuming in their late 20s and early 30s. Just like being this little puppy dog to their mum. Yeah. And some of them Come hated on. it, but some of them, like, 
Loved it. I re- you have to watch it. There's one guy who's like a model and his mum's um, like incestually obsessed with him. And she's like, I love that all my friends want to, you know, sleep with my son because he's so attractive. And he goes out to buy his girlfriend um, a, like Jeez. piece of jewelry for her birthday, the girlfriend's birthday. He brings his mum and the girlfriend's like i want this ring it's a thousand dollars and the mother's like don't spend that it's way too much so she's like oh sorry i thought i could pick anything i'll have this bangle it's 150 dollars. he buys her the bangle and then spends like hundreds of dollars on his mum buying her jewelry on his girlfriend's birthday and it's just like how do people not see this like <laughs> how do people not realize how insulting that is to your relation but yeah i guess it is cultural and it is you know it's up it depends on your upbringing as well like i've always come you know known to have the belief that your partner comes first your relationship always comes above everything um so if my mom had told me today i don't want you marrying adrian or whatever i'll be like oh that's shit you think that like (laughs) tough titties um i wouldn't cancel Mm. a whole wedding because of that but other people would you know they'd be like yeah it's it's cultural (laughs) at the end of the day that's a very uh yeah. In fact, it's probably more unique to Western cultures. Yeah. Because most cultures throughout the world would have Definitely. the clan and the extended family. And then even then with Catholics and things, I, mm. I don't, they seem like they have very large extended families and I wonder how much say their parents would have. I don't know. But the exactly. the joke is always the white kids are saying like, fuck you, mom, fuck you, dad, and, and have no respect <laughs> yeah. for the parents. But yeah. then the other side of that is that there's just this kind of, obeisance that has to occur to ethnic parents Mm. that is not healthy for anyone involved Mm. and if you're dealing with that um i actually get a lot of messages from from people so i'm I'm brown and i want to do what you do but i feel like my family would judge me and it's you got to make a tough decision sometimes and say if this is your passion and you feel like you're being restricted from that yeah maybe maybe you do have to be a lone wolf and be a sigma yeah. male yeah and it's, turn your back against family it's, even it's though the it's same been ingrained into out. you to never do yeah. that but it's just so gross the way that the gossiping as well in these yeah. extended families and especially older women will constantly Mm. gossip about the younger girls that who's she dating did you see what she posted on instagram did you see Mm. that other boy that she's with there and it's you know Mm. family's overrated yeah (laughs) if you have a good family it's the best thing in the world but a bad family maybe you should just it's like a bad relationship like get out of it so that's easier said than done easier said than done. it is easier especially come when i say Mm. that because obviously i don't have that level of understanding that people that have those strong cultural bonds have but i i I genuinely if yeah everything i say is going to be a little bit biased from a wide perspective so it is hard like i do lack that understanding because my point of view is i see i do see this as well when people want to come out and they can't because um, of their parents or their family. So they deny mm. themselves of their sexuality well into their 40s or 50s until their parents die. Um, and it's so sad. It's like, do you do you really need to live your entire life respecting your parents' values, but not even your own? Like whose life are you living or who are you living for? Is it for your parents or is it for yourself? But it's such a huge 
sacrifice to make either way like what's the greater sacrifice i would say not coming out or not embracing your own sexuality is a greater sacrifice but a lot of people would disagree and say no having your parents disown you is the biggest sacrifice that can ever be considered so it's a really difficult you know spot to Mm. be in and like you said oh we both said like it's really hard to get parents on board with you it's unlikely that you're going to ever convince them and say if we just introduce them to this topic or i start talking about this they're so stubborn yeah why can't they actually (laughs) listen and say all right i'm i've articulated my opinion yeah um here's mine and let me hear yours i want to hear what you think so true so i i remember seeing something on the internet i can't remember what like i don't know forum or something it was Mm. on or if it was tiktok but i remember seeing all these millennials were saying what what is the one the question was what is the one thing that you will do to your children knowing how you're raised and mm. there was the highest rated question with like tens of thousands of likes was that i will never tell my child or, or pretend to my child that they're in the wrong or deny ever i will always tell my child when i'm wrong or like give them the space to convince me otherwise and apologize when i'm wrong rather than just denying this event or conversation ever happened which is such an interesting um perspective and i also thought you know you you had that instagram story um and it was what's your biggest insecurity and i read through like probably only half of them but literally like three quarters of them were literally about i will never find love or i'll never i'll have a partner leave me or it was all relational so Mm, so interesting about humans yeah i love those instagram stories you do it's really good oh thank you yeah i just and those are just whoever came in it was first in best dress so whoever messaged me in that one hour period after i posted i just post yeah um a few were a bit weird and I didn't post, but like most, I, I just post, I try not to curate it in any way. And all of them at the start were, I'll never find love. I'll be single for the rest of my life. I'll never have kids. It's just all family yeah. uh, related. Yeah. And again, very interesting in a world that sort of, cause we've just said all this about the downside of the extended family, but again, there's nothing better than a good extended family. That That is yeah. like the, 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 the perfect um tribe but how many of them are like that there's always yeah there's always positives and negatives really so if you have a sort of good relationship with your family you try to see them i I try to see my parents once every two weeks and we have really good conversations don't get me wrong um but even my other family members i'm very i've good they're all very smart and and we all can chat and talk to each other there are a few from like the extended family that it's it's a struggle just yeah. even talking to them yeah but, yeah um but sorry coming back to to that it's if it's a couple of days in the christmas new year period where you might be overwhelmed and stressed you'll be okay if it means that you've then got this support network with you so unless it's mm-hmm. really something like eliza was saying where you can't express yourself or you can't be true to who you want to be. But if it's just, oh, all right, Uncle Jimmy is a bit racist or something, then, you know, mm-hmm. we all have a racist uncle. So, yeah. <laughs> like, so true. it just doesn't matter. <laughs> just just be nice to him and hopefully he'll one day change his mind. Or if not, then that's democracy. Some people have different opinions. That's fine. Yeah. But, um, 
And Very now even more with all the different sources of information. Oh, man, it's just a nightmare. But Yeah, the gossiping. Yeah. That was a good point, actually, that you um, that you raise where people find out things throughout the year as well. Like they find out, oh, this person dated a girl and this person did this. And then it all mm. like tension builds up. And I remember seeing um, recently a... Um, post on Reddit about this guy. I don't can't remember if he mentioned if it, he was from a cultural background, but I assume it was. And mm-hmm. he said that he has multiple um, siblings, so like four older or five older siblings, both men and women. They're all married. And he said it is tradition in our family that the women are will test you by being really mean to you and um, gossip about you spread rumors about you to see if you're good enough to feel spit in our family so these women were testing this what? guy's partner to the point where i can't remember but they did something so dramatic like they threw a coffee on her brand new dress or something like that like that overt um and called her ugly and all this stuff and she was upset and crying and then he was like am i the asshole for telling her to get over it because it's our tradition and they were like what fucking tradition is this disgusting. <laughs> what is that yeah. yeah and then he was trying to fight for his life in the Hazing. comments yeah being like it's just things that all the women do in the family even his parents like his mother and his grandmother are also a part of it like it's the, he's like they need to test to see if they're good enough for me if they can with, withhold this like how do you go to do that and then build a relationship afterwards with them like i just was astounded by it Look, but people put too much emphasis on culture yeah sorry go finish what you were gonna well i was yeah i was just gonna say in the end of it that i feel like when you have that backing from your extended family it makes it much worse so if you're trying to convince your mother oh you need to accept this person it's gonna make no difference unless you, you know, convince all the people that she sits and gossips with every day as well. Um, unfortunately, for some families, it's just a bit like that. These people have no lives. <laughs> I know. They're sitting there gossiping. Like, why with do all you their live through your, tra- your children's life? Let it that's go. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're just clearly vicariously trying to live yeah. through their children, and that's sad. Yeah. I'm sure they did sacrifice a lot, but um, that's just insane <laughs> that, that's just weird that's some kind of weird hazing thing they're clearly <laughs> all going through a lot of pain or something but yeah oh. i think parents do just live through their children and we'll just we probably can't talk about it until we have kids ourselves like yeah. maybe it's something we just don't understand like i know one time when um hmm. my mom when i had been at this award ceremony and you could bring one part it was like a women's day lunch and i won an award and um i brought my mum with me and then we were driving home and the plumber called her and he she was like oh, sorry i couldn't answer i was actually just at um sitting at a table with gladys berick jicklian and four other politics because my daughter won local woman of the year award blah blah and she kept going on about it and he was like oh yeah uh cool well i was just telling you that the sink's fixed and like it was just a weird brag that she was doing and 
then after well, that, proud of you. she called like but four other people okay. about something else. Like, oh, just wondering where we're we at to with this order. They were the strangers though. They weren't her friends and family. They're strangers. Like, what, where, is, where are the orders of the banana bread and the, this, the gluten-free whatever? Um, oh, but sorry, I didn't call earlier. I was just at this ward, like the <laughs> same like spiel <laughs> 12 times. And this I'm just sitting cute. in the like car, like, oh my God, mom, these people don't give a shit. Like, but it is <laughs> such like a parent thing to brag about their children i feel like when you're in your teenage years they're like competing for who's got the shittiest child my mom used to bitch about me on facebook all the time when i was a teenager and i'd get so angry i'd like fight with her being like i'm not doing drugs i'm not doing this i'm not running away i just had an untidy room when i was like 14 um, but okay, like, well, she bitched about you on Facebook. I know. She'd intense. post photos of my bedroom or post photos of um, of like kitchen sink, being like, love having a teenager. It was always in humor, but I was a teenager, I was just oh, you know, kicking sort of, off oh, okay, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah okay. but they and then all her friends would be like, oh, don't know how you deal with that. My son did this. Oh, well, mine crashed his car on the weekend, and then all of a sudden you're adults, and they're like, oh, well my daughter's actually studied this qualification and this and now she works as this uh, bragging Jesus. about it so so much is involved around the children like i'm sure your parents talk all the time about oh you're famous <laughs> my son's famous no they don't no my mom doesn't like i don't think they like my comedy so they just avoid <laughs> it <laughs> really <laughs> Yeah, because whenever they come, they're like, oh, it was good. Everyone was laughing. Like, All right, were you laughing? <laughs> do you feel weird when no, they, they do come? Say, they say like he's a comedian and things. Yeah, and, yeah. But I think they play it down a bit. And but you've got I, a, I mean, your sister's really smart as well, isn't she? Your little sister? Um, yeah, she's an optometrist. Yeah, that's cool. But they're not like, I don't, my parents don't really like that. That's the other thing with ethnic really? parents. They'll brag a bit, but then they'll also constantly... Be like, oh, you got 98%. Why didn't you get 100%? But my, again, my parents are not. I th- I was very lucky. I think I got like the best of Indian culture and the best of Aussie culture. But you were also a high like, achiever. The, so the maybe strict... you never saw like the bad part of it because you had such a crazy high ATAR already. So you never saw their, True. <laughs> their dismay. Oh, no. I saw so- when I didn't do well in tests and things, it was, it was I'd get upset. And oh. other thing, it wasn't. Yeah, there was definitely times it still express their dismay but uh nothing i guess different to a any other upbringing i think but i don't know i never was a really bad kid i did in primary school i had to go to the psychologist because i kept swearing but that was because they sat me next to (laughs) because they sat me next to this other kid thinking like oh neil's a good boy he'll make um the other kid good and the complete opposite happened and I became a little shit because of this. I love that they sent you to a psych for it. <laughs> yeah, because I was swearing all the time. And then they sent me once, and then I just, uh, I, I don't know, I kind of stopped. But uh, I can't, so that funny. was weird. Yeah, and then I was acting out a bit in after school care because, like, I didn't want to be there. And yeah. so I was being, but I actually said some really mean. I think I really realized, even as a kid, because I was always a small kid. My words are my power. And yeah. I think that has sort of played into my comedy because I said some really mean things to people. And I, you know, if they're ever listening to this, I am very sorry. But this kid who was kind of bullying me and being mean because I, I knew his mum was a single mum. And then I just started like making, like 
saying really mean things <laughs> that I now regret. And then like even the after school care people were like, get out, like get outside now. <laughs> but oh I actually God. made the, this bully almost cry. Oh. So, you know, Justice. <laughs> yeah, a bit, <laughs> but um, anyway, so to, to, not to digress too much there, but uh, look, it, it, I don't know if it's a millennial thing, but um, we need time out, kind of all this constant, you know, extroverted stimulus. Some people like that and enjoy that and revel in that. I definitely don't. I, my family's pretty good like that. Often the grandparents will take a nap or like I'll say, hey, I'm just going for a walk and I'll go for a walk for an hour yeah. uh, or I'll just be by myself in a room for an hour and they don't they don't take it personally. That's so weird if a family is like, oh, that's so rude. Right. He's taking a half hour break from our wonderful conversation. <laughs> what are you talking about? The, the Something about the like gossiping about the in-laws i don't care your neighbor i don't care didn't mow their lawn properly or something stupid like that something ridiculous like that or you know just like something they saw in the news or the cricket oh i (laughs) i don't care okay cricket i'll talk about but other than that (laughs) i do not care it is interesting like i i do wonder some of these things like are they is it a millennial thing like who knows like when i was at my True. parents are house, we being assholes yeah know. are we i was at mom and dad's last night and they were saying to adrian i like have you made any friends up on the central coast and i was like no like i don't know anyone up here other than you guys <laughs> and they were like well you need to make friends and i was like well like, i go to sydney every week I'm in Sydney three days a week. I see all my friends. I'm only an hour away and they come up, you know, they've been up, stayed with me heaps. So why? (laughs) What's literally it's an hour's drive. It's like living in Northern beaches versus Western Sydney. Um, (laughs) You know, but they were like, no, 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 you need to have friends. They were like, what's your local coffee shop? Like you need to go there all every day to meet the same people. And I was like, like, I don't know how to, like, how do you make friends? Like, <laughs> I feel like, 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 what? Yeah, that's a very millennial thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we just don't walk know. up to someone and be like, hey, I'm new here. Actually, I've been here for seven months, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's creepy now. Yeah. But I guess in the 70s, that was normal. But now. Maybe I need to go and bumble came the up to me like, hey, uh, I'm new to, I'm just looking for a friend. I would think you're crazy. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. It could also be a Sydney thing as well. Yes. I will admit, so, so all the listeners not from Sydney, let us know if we're just being Yeah, cuts. genuinely, because, <laughs> please. I'm curious. Yeah. You go to not even, even Melbourne, even other big cities in Australia, and people are a lot friendlier. Yeah. But everyone yeah. here is just in their own world and thinking about money. So, yeah. Yeah, Melbourne's very friendly, I found when I was there. Yeah, Melbourne's quite friendly. Perth is yeah. very yeah. friendly. Yeah. I love Perth. It's my favorite. I think it's, if I didn't, Live here, I'd live there. It's okay. I really like it. No, it's beautiful. It's the got a good kind of heat. It's not humid. It's got a lot of beaches. It's pretty cheap, I think. When I went there... They don't have any NRL. I said, I what do that. you guys do for fun in Perth when I was studying there? And they were like, strip clubs. <laughs> so everyone that I studied city. with just went to a strip club. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. And I was like, I can't go. I'm with my mom. <laughs> it was weird. Could have, yeah. If that other mum was like asking that couple about why they didn't have sex, that oh, <laughs> yeah. that's that's just disca- that's just weird. Although I guess that would have been normal historically. There would because everyone lived together in tiny little houses in extended families, so you would have just had sex 
with everyone listening. Yeah, but um, do they get matching lingerie sets with their daughter-in-law? Probs not. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit weird, hey? Yeah, the woman that worked at like the lingerie shop was like, I'm so fucking disturbed. <laughs> if you did it with your female partner and her mother, I'll be all right. Especially yeah, if the mother's a bill. Yeah. Then you'd be like, oh. <laughs> but otherwise, yes. Not with your own mum. That's weird. I think both of those situations are weird. Yeah, probably. I One's think I would like weirder. Adrian buying my mum lingerie. Um, <laughs> she can be there fair. for buy it for me. But yeah, that'd be fair. weird. Fair. Fair enough. Well, uh, anything else note. to say about... Uh, yeah, I hope you <laughs> did have a good there. Christmas. I hope you managed with the in-laws and yes um i still gotta do my christmas shopping we're, we're recording this on the 19th of december and i got to yeah, but no, oh mate you're fucked because the shops right now are insane i did mine like a month ago yeah i know but i'll go on a weekday in burwood i think we'll be all right good luck or i'll give them plants i always give them plants as a backup because i got so many they're like, yeah, another plan. And what my family does is they'll buy their presents and then they'll like send a bill and be like, this is how much it costs. <laughs> Do they actually? <laughs> yeah, my mom's already texted me being like, yeah, these are the Christmas presents that me and your dad bought for each other. This is how much it costs. Oh, as in they buy the present for themselves. And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I feel like that people do that to their son. Adrian's mom did that as well. She's like, oh, I just want this silver chain. I'll just send you the invoice. And I was like, okay, you can do that, but I'm going full out for your mom. But I think it's just like she just knows that they won't do that because she's got two adult sons. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it's like, I don't know what to, you know, what do you get people in their 50s and 60s? I don't know. They've got everything. They've got enough houses. <laughs> what more do they want? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> All right, well, let's not get into this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. casual one to finish off the year this i think will be our last of the year so wow uh 2021 thank you to everyone everyone new who started listening to the podcast keep those uh bios coming send them to me i shared a few on the story um crossorganics.com use the code neil 40 percent off we'll get back to some questions in 2022 we've got a few good ones that are coming up soon so if you'd like to send in a question or uh, request a shout-out. The shout-out's $5 a month. The question's $15 a month. All the money goes to charity. neilcohacker.com slash podcasts. And have a great new year. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye.